welcome to the show. So, sorry it's been a while. Um, I've been a bit busy, a little demotivated. Bills haven't been doing so well. Um, and, well, we've been shut down since December 19th. So, I thought I'd try to do a little um, update and recap on how things are going. So, um, painful as it is to say, the girls are 9, 12, and 1 right now. They are right back at the top season. Um, so they had a pretty good run for a while there and then uh, I don't know what happened. I guess call up some injuries and perfect storm and horrible bad luck. Um, sent them right back to the bottom. But the good news is much like it was when they went on a good run to put them back to third or fourth. Um, it's still a really weak division. Uh, they can just as easily be fourth or fifth right now. Um, the Barracuda, the second to last, the team is the Bubblin. They've played four more games and they've lost the same So, one, one win essentially catapult towards the Bubblin. Bakersfield, surprisingly, are the next uh, at an even 500. So, all the girls need to do is hit 500 again and they're, they're even with them. Um, so, a nice little streak of uh, six to eight wins should put them back where they were um, previously in the back in the playoffs. So it's not all doom and gloom, um, though it is a little bit concerning that there's a straight run of uh, uh, postponed games right now. Six games dating back to two December 19, um, all of which would be against individual opponents. So really would have helped their case to move up the standings. Um, as it is, they're due to play Stockton this weekend, tomorrow, or when this, whenever you're listening to this, could be today. Um, and they have their work cut out for them there. The uh, the Heat have been absolutely killing it this season. They are currently top of the Pacific. Yeah, I didn't even need to look. They're top of the Pacific, 20 and 4. And just using Sean O'Brien's tableau that he's put together, um, they've got like a cluster of players that are right near the top of the best players in the league. So, um, yeah, got their work cut out for them. But, you know, strange things have happened. Um, we've been off for so long, it'll be exciting to see how things are. You know, the roster's been absolutely decimated by um, the Ducks because they're being ravaged by COVID also. So, um, It'll be interesting to see who's playing tomorrow, and I will touch on some recent signings that have been made to try to come up with that. Um, but yeah, so, some speculation as to who's been affected by the COVID on the, on the girls. It's really hard to tell. They won't make that kind of stuff public. But uh, if I had to take a guess, I would say Perot, Tracy, Curran, Briard, and Drew. Just based off of the, what we've seen on the movements, because it takes quite a ducks, as none of those players have been mentioned, or more than they've been really deserving. So, um, that's what uh, we've seen Kindop and Guru made into a, into a ducks game, and that was really great. It was just so good to see Kindop get his initial debut, and it was very, very cool to see the two of uh, he and Guru paired together on the ducks fourth line, essentially making two thirds of the girls' first line top, uh, top line last season. So. Um, that was a really cool moment. Um, I didn't get to see all that game, but I saw pretty much the last two periods in pieces. Um, and yeah, so although it sucks that this COVID situation is causing issue again this season, um, 
it has opened opened some opportunities for some players that might not have always seen that. So you know, some reward for their strong play last season. Saw them uh, get some time with the Ducks this season as their NHL debut. Um, yeah. So on that note, sorry, let's flick to uh, the questions because I will touch on that now with the signings. Uh, Brandon Estrada. Uh, has asked the biggest thing we gained from the two signings. So he, uh, he's speaking of bringing back Sean Jostling on a PTO and bringing back Blast from the Past, Brent Gates Jr. on an actual contract. So that's interesting, um, which means <clears throat> he's likely to stick around. Uh, so I'm just quickly going to look over Brent Gates' stats. He's been playing in the ECHL this morning for uh, the Indy Fuel. He's had 28 points in 22 games, 9 goals, 19 assists. So pretty good numbers. Um, as we know from his previous time with the Golds, he only made it in two games last season, scoring like, one assist. And his AHL um, longest tenure was the 2019-2020 season, where he had five points in 20 games. It felt like towards the end of that, span of games, he was actually starting to like build momentum, um, finding his niche really, it feels like to me he's more of a net front, drive the net, no fear kind of guy, meat and potatoes, uh, which the way that Joel, Joel Bouchard is deploying, deploying uh, his personnel this season, um, I could see him fitting right in on the bottom two lines, so... That's why I'm kind of intrigued that he's been given a contract, because perhaps, I don't know, although Joel Bouchard is new to the Ducks organization this season, maybe somebody said to him, like, look, we've had this kid before, he plays this kind of style, and he'll fit right in with what we're kind of trying to do here. Because, I don't know if you agree with me, but uh, watching the girls this season, it feels like they have some skill, but they also have some meat and potato style as well. Like, Joel Bouchard seems to love the whole energized, heavy-hitting cause a turnover with a um, ferocious forecheck-type style of play. Um, so, yeah, should be good to see how he does. Um, Sean Jostling, we know he's been in and out. I was surprised to see him, like, quote-unquote, let go, but... I kind of figured he would come back. Um, and again, not entirely sure if his connection is through Jacob Perot via Sarnia, but um, he's had the one point, or one goal, with the goals uh, through seven games. Looked pretty decent during his span. Um, and he gets another shot at the can there, because, yeah, as we know, the way the COVID situation is going, we're going to see some of these guys in the lineup. Uh, it's going to be anyone's guess as to who's actually playing tomorrow slash today, if you're listening to that today. Um, and let's just hope that everyone is back to full health. Um, hell, speaking of which, I've got no idea what Roman Durney's up to. Um, I haven't actually kept track to see if he's been sent back to Tulsa at all. Uh... Last I saw, he was still with the goals, possibly on another injury rehab. Just bringing him up now. No, no idea, sorry. <laughs> he's had a pretty rough season. All I can see is that he's played just the one game for Tulsa. Um, so, it's pretty crap. 
Um, yeah. And speaking of crap, yeah, it's been a little bit of a frustrating year. What has happened this season? Uh, I don't know. I have no answers. All I can really say is it felt like to me at the start of the season that it might be a rough year just because the incoming players coming out of um, junior, there wasn't a heck of a lot of them. And the other players from their same draft were all college kids, so they're still at college. We're not going to see them until they're done. Um, so it was a sparse incoming class, essentially. Um, and the Ducks, for whatever reason, did not bring back some key veterans from last season. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if that's because the demand, now that more teams were active as opposed to last season, meant that um, they had other places to go. But boy, do we miss Andrew Podorowski, um, who's currently leading the league and kicking us in all facets. It's quite ironic, I said it on Twitter earlier this year, but um, if he'd stuck with the goals, he would have been in the Ducks right now. He would have been getting premium minutes. Who knows, he could be having some Sonny Milano types of success with the Ducks right now. So Anyway, that's the toss of the can. Um, and yeah, so... Um, I don't know how much more positive I can be in terms of this the rest of the season. All we can do is hope that Joel Bouchard can sort of lasso this group of guys into a few more strings of wins. I believe they have it in it. We've seen it before. Um, that string of wins they put together didn't even have their full complement of players. Um, I'm pretty sure Gru was still with the Ducks at that point. Um, Carrick's been with them all season. Uh... I can't remember who there was. There were some defenders up there as well. So um, have faith. I, I believe they've still got another run of wins in them. Um, they've proven they can really hang with some of the better play, better teams in the Pacific, uh, except for Stockton, obviously. Um, but yeah, all they got to do is get into the playoffs, hang in there, and have some black aces come. Which that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, it's sad, but yes, I'm. This season I'm kind of treating as like, yeah, well, we'll just let this one tread water until until the end of the season where the Black Aces come in, and then the season afterwards uh, another crop of talent should be coming in. So, um, speaking of who should be coming in at the end of the season, uh, I am most looking forward to, and you've probably heard or read about me talking about him a lot, but um, Blake McLaughlin, he is... Uh, doing his final year at the University of Minnesota, has 17 points in 18 games. He was he sort of dropped off a bit. He was a point per game earlier in the season, if not higher than that. Um, but Minnesota's had a string of bad luck lately and a lot of cancellations. I haven't been keeping that close of an eye on it, but I've seen, yeah, the NCAA is getting, NCAA is getting ravaged as much as the AHL is right now. So um, let's hope that this this all sort of calms down a bit and we don't have as many cancellations and postponements towards the end of the year and we can see uh, Brent uh, Blake McLaughlin sign his entry-level deal and spend the end of the year with the goals if they're still in contention hopefully um, if you're unsure of what what do we expect to what do you expect from Blake McLaughlin uh, from what I've read about him and what I've written he feels like a sort of a turnover machine. He like he likes to force turnovers. It seems like it's the best part of his game. Um, also seems to be pretty good on the power play. 
um, sort of just digging pucks out, winning puck battles. So an all-rounder kind of, but um, with a shot. Not not a, like a he he doesn't seem to excel in any other facet of the game. No no super speeds, edges or shot in particular, but just really good at all facets with uh, sort of like a um, Brendan Gallagher kind of tenacity. So, yeah. Something that the girls kind of need right now. Um, and then the other guy coming out of college that we might expect to see is the uh, much-hyped defender coming out of Harvard, who goes by the name of Henry Thrun. Or Thrun? Or Thrun? Um, <clears throat> he has 12 points in 12 games this year, so very good for a defenseman. Very, very good. Uh, six foot two, 190 pounds, 20 years old. Um, I was skeptical as to whether he would finish college and sign, but from what I understand through um, interaction with Eric Stevens of The Athletic uh, and from what I've read from various reports out of the uh, local Harvard uh, reporting, um, he's technically in his junior year now, so even though it looks via like elite prospects and all the other sites that he's only in his uh, sophomore year, um, because they were shut down last season, he actually did his uh, college learnings online and sort of correspondence. So he's actually in his junior year, and yeah, generally that's when kids... Uh, they finish that year and they sign pro and go back and do their final year when they're all done with hockey. So, um, yeah, hopefully we will see him at the end of the season as well as Blake McLaughlin. The other possible name is Jackson McComb, but he hasn't had such a great year. I won't really go into depth on him, but yeah, I think he's going to do one more year. He was always regarded as a project, so I think he needs the full immersion um, at the college level before he goes pro. Um, and yeah, so we've got all that to look forward to. Um, uh, the only other question I've got to cover is from Charlie Meredith, big fan. Um, I'm not an official question, but I'm going to treat it as a question. Uh, he's just asking, what the hell happened to Alex Lamoche this, this season? Um, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, I've been saying and defending his case that I believe he's just been hit by injuries. Just just like the rest of the girls, it's been just a real bad luck year for him. Um, he had injury at the start of the season, came back, uh, and then didn't have his usual line mates because Gru was with the Ducks, uh, kinned out for whatever reason. Um, Joel, Joel Bouchard put him on a different line, um, and so he's had to sort of reestablish chemistry all over again, and just the guys he's been playing with don't really suit his style. Uh, so he hasn't been able to get going. He's uh, six points in 17 games now. Um, yeah, not not great from him compared to the 21 and 23 he put up last year. Um, but it also goes to show how, how important Gru is to the team as a playmaker, or at least to, to uh, Limoges. Um, he, yeah, he needs a playmaker to play off of, and he hasn't really been given one at least not to the level that Gru is. So, um, yeah, we, 
he, he, I can't, I'm, I'm confident that he'll he'll return back to the level, if not better, than that he had last year. Um, it's just a matter of that that player coming along or grew sticking with him and the team on a more consistent and long basis. So yeah, that's my answer to that. Don't give up on him. Please don't give up on him. Um, yeah, that's just that'll be it for this. That's a very short one, but I uh, felt like I needed to give an update. Uh, the goals. Next action is. As I said, Stockton, and after that, if it's hopefully played and not postponed, uh, they're playing Ontario the day after. Uh, that's in Ontario, and uh, then back home for back to back the following weekend with Abbotsford. So, um, although they lost both games, I'm pretty sure they lost both games against Abbotsford. Um, I'm I'm still like to think they've got a chance against them. Uh, depending on who they've got in the lineup, um, but it feels like everyone's sort of coming back from their uh, rush with COVID, and we should all be back at full strength at least within the week. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, because I mean, I, I think it's must have got everybody by now. Um, and then they're on a massive road trip, hitting San Jose, Stockton, and Abbotsford, so we won't see them for like two weeks. Um, back home briefly to play Colorado and then to close out the month of July they've got a two uh, a weekend two gamer in Iowa so out of out of division um, for the final three games and that should be hopefully good for some points I'm not actually sure how competitive the, the uh, central is this season I haven't even keeping an eye on it uh, seven quick look now Iowa is the middle of the pack, and that's right, I forgot, sorry, Colorado, Colorado part of our division this season. Um, they're not doing that great either, so that's, you know, could pick up some points in Colorado. Um, Iowa is, yeah, um, 12 and 11, so possibly beatable, though I saw, they have got some good players. Got Mark, yeah. Marco Rossi and such, who's just been called up to the wild, so, yeah. Hopefully they can take advantage of that. That's another point. They're not the only ones being affected by COVID. There's a lot of teams being absolutely ravaged. Um, it's going to be a lot of luck, hit or miss. Who's there, who's not, who they strike on a certain night. So, fingers crossed they actually get to have some luck go their way as well. All right, signing off. Feel free to ask me questions. Please share this around. Uh, give me ideas for segments I could do for this. I really want to make this a thing. Um, make use of my funny accent whatever it is, anything you can think of. All right, thanks.